0: This podcast is for people who are at least 18 years old. In this episode, we'll be talking about sex, sexual abuse, and pornography.
1: Oh, 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 oh. Hello and welcome to the 4th episode of the Math Magazine podcast. I'm your host Natalie Mlikota. And I want to start off by saying thank you so much for the reception for our past three episodes. This has really been a project of mine for a while, and I'm so excited that y'all are enjoying it as well. We have a really, really incredible episode for you this week. I know I say that every time, but I mean it every time. Tiana um, and I have a conversation about conscious hedonism, polygamy, and go through resources for sex workers through um, discussing the Sex Worker Survival Guide that Tiana and other amazing organizers prepared earlier last month. So, I hope you enjoy this episode, and we're gonna have Tiana's tip in our bio. So, feel free to send tips over for everything that you've learned. And this was genuinely a fun conversation to have, and I'm really excited to send it to you guys. So, with no further ado, episode four. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome. I'm here with Tiana. Tiana, do you want to introduce yourself? Tell us your pronouns, what you're all about.
0: Yes. Hello, everyone out there. I hope you're all happy, safe, content in where you are in this moment, and we can help create a safe container for you for these conversations. I'm Tiana, also known as Glutosaurus Rex, and I identify as a conscious hedonist and I love to support and advocate for informed consent and people knowing all the positives as well as the negatives, pros and cons to anything that they would like to dive into, whether it's sexually, romantically, platonically, in all the different levels of pleasure um, that can exist in the world. I also am a poly alternative a relationship advocate, a cannabis enthusiast, and I also helped start a a nonprofit with a dear friend of mine named The Dumb Cat and a very talented tax expert, Sandrine, uh, for the Sex Work Survival Guide. Um, and that is essentially offering free resources and skill shares um, for all forms and levels of sex work, whatever shape and form that may look look like, um, however you identify as a sex worker. And we just want to be as inclusive and know that we want to demolish the hierarchy. We want to d- get rid of us versus them and unite because they're all harming all of us. All of us as marginalized individuals, we are being harmed and we have to stand united so that way we can fight and keep ourselves safe and reduce harm as much as possible.
1: Thank you so much for that introduction and thank you so much for y- your body of work that we're going to get into in a second, but I want to start just by how did, what moved you to start pursuing pleasure as as life, as a lifestyle? I've always that your term hedonism has always been used negatively around me, but I've actually been referred to it and I'm very proud of it, especially as a Taurus. So it's just moving. When did you start approaching life differently, centering this thing that has been so taboo and, and actually you've been pulled against um, by by all forces, meaning pleasure?
0: Absolutely. Um. Sorry, just pause a moment. I just wanna, is the chirping bothering? Oh.
1: I can't hear it right now. So At yeah. Any
0: point during any of this, you didn't never heard it.
1: Um, I heard it once, but I haven't kept hearing it. Okay. But I'll <laughs> let you know. I'll let you know if it. If it. Okay. Good. I just wouldn't. No. Thank like, you so like... <laughs> yeah, <that's right. laughs>
0: Okay. Amazing. Um, back. Uh, put my professional hat back on. Um, so... I believe your question was, "How did I get started into just pleasure activism?" To use the language um, of the incredible uh, author um, uh, Marie Brown. What what is um, everybody should look Google pleasure activism. I did not come up with that. And an incredible woman of color, um, something Marie Brown Uh, (laughs) did. And um, I realized reading that book actually that I have always been a pleasure activist I was always a kinky naughty little kid you know I love watching real sex um on HBO you know when I was in middle school and sneaking the softcore porn when you know parents were away or you're over that one friend's house that like they're they just had no rules apparently <laughs> access to all the naughty those are my friends or I was that friend for other
1: <laughs> <I am>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: so if I had to now that I'm going back and in, into my my history of myself um that's sort of where I, I think that's where it started but even in middle school there were girls uh in like seventh eighth grade that were going on birth control because they wanted to have sex with their partners and boyfriends um I was a part of the glass uh, a uh, uh, club that was there since so the Gay Lesbian Association. Um, and that was our, we only had like three out um, queer people in our school. I didn't identify with queerness at the time, um, but I did kiss a girl. But I was like, <laughs> I kissed a girl, but- That's didn't how like- it all starts, that's how it all starts. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: thought I,
0: I did it. I, am I gay? Am I? I don't know. I'm not- <laughs> Yeah, it happened. I'm like, I'm not the lesbian that I see on TV. And so because I did not also understand queerness as a spectrum, and that I am lower on the spectrum, but I do have those desires, I do have that arousal. And later in life, I was able to explore that, you know, more physically and intimately with other women and uh, gender non-conforming people to just be like, Okay, yes, I do have this, but this is more the dynamic that I prefer. Mm-hmm. And it took me a while to stop questioning my queerness. Um, And through my work as like a pro-dom, you know, that got me into understand sex work and appreciate the the level of commitment that it takes to not just being a pro-dom, but all aspects of sex work, you know, camming, stripper, sugaring, you know, in-person escorting, like all of these different levels of offering pleasure and a lot of education to people that they did not get in school. You know, people that shame and hide their desires, hide, you know, their their needs for closeness and affection, you know, um, and then they exercise it in other ways that may not be healthy, you know, um, whether that's to themselves and others. And that's to me where the conscious part of my hedonism comes from is like, is this causing harm to myself? Is this causing harm to others? Then that's not the kind of pleasure that I think I want to be a part of. You know, that's for me speaking, and that's also for the people that I've surrounded myself with. Um, so, I <laughs> think
1: Oh, I mean, like, uh, I've, I've, I'm so happy I'm talking to you because I've had these discussions. I've been surrounded by, um, I've been forced to interact with low vibrational people, cis men, and it's just having to explain that, like, whatever is considered pleasure for me and whatever I've developed to find pleasure in is very different than what I've been, I've been taught is pleasure. Like I grew up in in Argentina, Latin America, and even in the U S there's this resounding idea of what, and if we talk about pleasure, talking about sex, what these things are in itself. And therefore, even what, from a straight perspective, what queerness is that through the straight lens i'm like okay i'm not queer but through when i got into an environment and i got to be alone and explore then i'm like oh no this absolutely fits in with me and i think so much like queer people and even we'll get to talk about polyamorous people are dubbed oh y'all are selfish just looking for pleasure but exactly what you're saying harming someone does not give me pleasure i'm an extremely anxious person if i do something wrong that i deem wrong it haunts me forever so there's nothing that i have, have partaken and enjoy of, of harming anyone else. So, my pleasure comes from self pleasure, but giving others pleasure as well. So, also, especially, like, I think it's interesting that as two queer poly people speaking of pleasure, it's absolutely the stereotype, but it's just the wrong perception of what it is. <laughs>
0: Yes. Yes. Not all stereotypes are bad. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I'm just a big love bug. And yeah. Exactly. I- um, to love. I love being in love. I love falling in love. I love seeing love. I love seeing my love fall in love, you know, like all of oh, these, these kind of stages of it. Um, but all of it is work too, you know, like as amazing, gushy, yummy feeding and, you know, energizes you, it can drain you, you know, you can, you know, output more than you're inputting. And so I've also kind of had to love, realize like, okay, I cheated, like someone gave me analogy of just like, it's like a bank account. You can only make so many, you know, withdrawals if you hadn't make too many deposits, you know? So if my tills are low, I'm like, oh, no more deposits, I, you know, no more withdrawals i mean, I mean you know only deposits right now and not being afraid to ask for that not being able to find it within myself but then others around me my lovers my partners you know who my community um, and finding these other ways to to add deposits to myself so that then I can continue to be the love bug I can you know <laughs> keep giving it out there no I feel like asking what you need and that,
1: goes in, that also goes into pleasure or or like the considering selfishness is asking for what you need is not selfish asking for acknowledging what you need and if, if, if it is validation then it is validation but recognizing where that want comes from not only from a lack of a partner but maybe from fuck something from childhood that traumatized you like resulting that you need a little more words sometimes and making those acknowledgments doesn't automatically fault the other person for not giving it to you but it's just again it's adjusting and you you should do that with your mom with your like with your friends and with with even your personal work and your personal career it's it's a give and take it's a deposit of, it's a deposit and then cashing out so no I I completely agree and it's 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 like the the opposing view is just the norm, you know, the the monogamy, that's the church, the, the heterosexuality, that's also the church. It's just all of these the opposition it's what you're you're born with it's what you're raised with unfortunately so then everything else all the contrary it's yourself it's yourself finding these resources and and well we got a great resource right here so speaking of resources um to talk a little bit about the sex worker survival guide I know that's that will take forever if we want to get into all the details and I can't ask that of you but just tell me a little bit of like where it came from um what what obviously with FOSS assess the 2018 so many of our online resources got shut down so many of the forums so many of the ways that online workers can connect themselves and, and vet each other and the government took that away as they take everything away and so from there i i do like working for a publication i know there's an astounding lack of resources so how but coming about this resource why don't you tell me a little bit
0: Oh, thank you so much. Um, this was not my idea. This was actually my really good friend, the Dom Cat's idea. And she's an awesome human and sex worker. She's also a pro Dom. Um, and we actually mentored under the same person named Lola Jean, um, who's really incredible with her workshops. Check her out. Um, She has a great website. Uh, I'm in some of the uh, online workshops that she has. So if you wanna see me as fetish Vanna White, just like holding up dildos and you know, we'll, link,
1: we'll link to that in the bio, I'll tell you right now, there will be a link.
0: <laughs> yes, it's it was like so much fun creating, you know, positive sex education. And so because of my work with Lola, we also did a conference series um, together called The Love Thyself. And each conference was every six, six weeks and had a different theme. Um, so I was very familiar with like in-person um, event production and then during COVID transitioning to. Uh, virtual event production. And so with me, everything is usually sex positive and inclusive. You know, everything is about education at some level. You know, I hope that you can take away something, if not from other people, at least an insight from yourself. Um, And so uh, with that, Kat was like, I have this idea of like, I want to offer resources that I didn't know. Like I've been doing this for a while now. You know, I wouldn't consider myself new, but I'm still learning shit. I'm still, you know, figuring things out. I've still been harmed in ways that now I will never have happened to me again. And I want to protect the other people that are in this community, whether they're new or they're already in the game so that they don't have these same experiences as well. You know, and so I'm like, Kat, yes sign me up like like all the way yes to doing this and so kind of one of the things that I'm really good at is like taking an idea from the brainstorming stage you know when I open a google doc I'm like oh shit things got real you know like it's getting real when a google doc has started yes like that's now you know ideas out into the world those vibrations to like in ink you know like concrete and making it very finalized and I really suggest that to other people that have really amazing ideas out there, even if they may be similar to what other people are doing, you're unique, your voice is unique, you know. So, how you're going to attack it, you should do it and, and start with like, you know, action steps in a Google Doc. And so, we literally just broke down everything that she had in her head. And then Lola Jean is like a great executioner. So, you know, we have the the idea, we have, you know, the person that organizes it. Yeah, yeah, she came in with the muscle, you know, like, <laughs> like you know, like, okay, this is how we get through these action steps, like done. um, and because of my um, work with her, and uh, previously I worked with this other group of women. We called ourselves the Spice Girls of Sex, um, and we did this really cool series. McKinsey actually came to it called Pass the Porn, and it was a bi monthly. Um, porn screening of independent content creators and, you know, uh, production companies that were showing sex positive, inclusive pornography. And we wanted to show different body types, different sexualities, different genders, you know, than what you kind of see on like Pornhub and XFIDs. So speaking of Pornhub, they oh. saw what they were doing, yeah. right. and they did. and good thing is that they're trying to do better, and they reached out to us as a way to help the community and do better, and so we weren't actually able to do anything as the Spice Girls of Sex with them, but we still saved that contact. Okay. Good, good. <laughs> So we brought to their attention um, the Sex Work Survival Guide Conference and said, hey, we have this idea that we think is right in your wheelhouse of how you say you want to help the community, you want to give back, you want to put money in sex workers' pockets, help fund this, help support this so that we can then help support these people that have been harmed. Either directly or indirectly by you, you You know. Even though you're now trying to do better, you can't erase the history. Mm -hmm. So let's, you know, do even more than what you're already trying to do. And this is kind of the way to do it. And so some people were like, "Yay, get that money! You know, thanks for putting some money in our pockets so we can pay for our keynote speakers, so that we can pay for our panelists." You know, Um, and then other people were like, "I hear what you're doing, but no, thank you." and so we respected that too and i have no qualms with that because at the end of the day everybody has the right to feel how they feel who they want to work with and who they want to align with but we all agree that we need to at least have some way of supporting our community and the money has to come from somewhere and so i'm like let's tap into these deep pockets and redirect it but the nonprofit has also helped us create our own organization so we don't have to necessarily tap into those deep pockets, we can apply for other grants, and even fiscally sponsor other nonprofit organizations, so that they can help do more good as well. You know, so we, we heard what our community was saying of just like, be careful who you partner with, you know, respect, but also it was like motivating for us to create our own platform. So that way, we don't even have to go to that option, we can diversify and still do the same good work that was initially started
1: no I, I I get that and in terms of like some I'm not saying compromise is the answer I, I don't believe in compromise in so many ways I think at some point compromising is what gets us fucked and in, in, in this middle sticky ground but in terms of there's one thing that's real that's money and 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 sex workers need money because they're being constantly slapped with above everything else the fucking law and so yeah. it's just I think at the end of the day, I, I get where you're coming. I get where the critiques are coming from and I get where you're coming from. But when there is immediate bills to be paid, housing to be had, um, and, and there's a company that has money to give, then sometimes, you know, it's enough to build your own and, and then you have your own platform. But in situations like this, I mean, coming from a very, very poor country, sometimes they're, they're the reservations, you have to put food in someone's mouth. And, and at that point. You, you gotta keep moving and other companies do it other 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 labors do it other labors are constantly engaging but if it's, it's sex work then suddenly but i, I get it yeah.
0: um and the interesting thing about uh we kind of touched on the the laws of sesta Fasta um mm-hmm. and why that has caused, you know, so many sex workers should either be deplatformed or shadow banned um, or even turned to more risky in-person work um, or, you know, different platforms where you could kind of negotiate and vet clients, you know, for in-person work. You now don't have that. And so now there are p- mar- mo- the most marginalized people, which are usually like trans people of color that are now you know doing street work you know and now there's laws that's being passed where it's like walking while trans and then you can be stopped no matter what because they automatically assume that you're a street walker they automatically assume that you're doing in-person work and so these kind of and and also the murder rate the harm rate that's being done you know like these are the things that's only really being talked about within our community and then gets out in little kind of sensationalized stories, you know, but they're real, and then they miss the whole mark of the entire piece of it, you know, Um, and those are the kind of things that we are trying to, like, make sure that people know about, and I was lucky enough to be invited to uh, by Cinnamon Love, and she's one of the founders of the BIPOC collective, which is an adult industry collective helping stop... uh, racism within the porn industry and also help with like social equity of wage disparity and you know support like labor laws. Um and so love doing the work that I you know do at cinnamon and she invited me in to be a part of the sex worker coalition Mm -hmm. which is literally the international sex worker it's like the UN of sex workers. Like it's kind of like it's it's (laughs) kind of like crazy and amazing because we have people from literally every continent all different parts of the globe like australia you know canada we have the uk represented all parts of the U.S., like from Alaska, you know, East, West Coast, North, like all the different, you know, pieces all coming together to be like, okay, what is our mission? Like if we can talk to make legislation, and now they even have uh, law students that can help us write bills that we can literally submit to legislators and be like, this is how it should be written. You know, this is how you protect Sex workers, but also you can stop trafficking because the biggest traffic, like, no one wants trafficking. The biggest trafficking is that for, for labor and like agriculture.
1: Exactly. That's the Migrant workers.
0: Just- Migrant workers, yes. That we really want to care about some trafficking. That's care right. about when the blueberries are being picked. Exactly. Where are you enjoying those strawberries right now that are all season long? You know, it's wintertime. We in February, and I'm in, you know, it's yeah. we're not supposed to no. have strawberries, but I'm enjoying some strawberries. Like these are the things that we don't want to gloss over, but because, like you said, it's sex work, because it's sex workers, we want to be like, oh, they're all being trafficked. Yeah. You know, oh, all
1: being smart. I, It's I, not consensual. That's the problem, also, with like with our episode of Storia, talking about people that critique porn. If you critique Pornhub, that doesn't make you anti porn. You have to be able to exist within the a realm and be able to criticize it because if not, you can't opt out completely, especially in terms of sex work. We're talking about the resource of having law students help write bills. The language is one of the biggest mistakes in all of this. Outside, let's talk for one second in the vacuum of taking away the history of the US government, which is impossible. But the way that FOSTA-SESA was written, having prostitution, which is again, not the not an adequate word, with sex trafficking in the same sentence, being passed as, oh, this is gonna help people, it's gonna help women, that's fucking bullshit. And that is just an excuse to further um, Put people in jail for no reason, especially Black people, Black Indigenous people, sex workers, trans women in jail again for walking on the street. These laws not only further made people more susceptible to law, but again, it's what you're saying, made people susceptible to danger because the further that you, um, un- that you make something, you prohibit something. That's where it's gonna have its most damage, and all of the damage that it could have will fester under that criminality. So it's just absolute fucking bullshit. And it's these are the direct resources that you're talking like, these are the direct steps that have to be taken. And it's not working within the system. It's not, again, when we're talking about compromising, it's ma- it's using your own language to set your own laws, because that's what supposedly a democracy is supposed to be about. Would you describe yourself as curious? or has being in quarantine for over a year got you feeling isolated and lonely? Rediscover your sexuality, your desires, and the things that bring you pleasure with Math Magazine. Our one-of-a-kind, high-quality print publication features all kinds of bodies and desires with the best explicit artwork and writing in the world. Math Magazine explores the complexity, nuance, and power of sex. Subscribe today at mathmagazine.com and use promo code PODCAST for 10% off at checkout. That's mathmagazine.com, and use promo code PODCAST for 10% off your first two issues. Join Math Magazine in making the world a more sex-positive place for everyone. This episode is brought to you in part by Honk. Honk is a new messaging app that's fast, fun, and private. Your messages are shown live as you type, and once you clear the message or photo, it's gone forever. Live typing makes for a more emotive and personal chatting experience that reveals the tone and feeling behind every message. You're notified at any time a chat partner tries to screenshot or save an image, so you can share whatever you're in the mood to share, without fear. There's also audio messaging, if that's more your thing. Download honk at honking.com or just search honk on the app store. After you download honk me. My username is Femi Thank you so much honk for helping us bring the first episode of the math magazine podcast to life. Now with the rest of the episode. This work is very important. And um, back to what we're talking about in, in terms of like the money to be, to be donated. If Pornhub wants to, clean up their act or whatever they say. And if they want, honestly, good PR, they're going to give that money. And it's better they give it to actual people doing groundwork, actual organizers who are actually going to feed people than the other side of the sex positive industry, which you know, the, the more capitalism, the more sex toy, the more sex swing, the more, oh, this is not, this is a non-phallic dildo and it's $500, like that, because they're also profiting off whatever, um, whatever attention the, the, the sex workers' rights movement is getting. So it, it's, it's, it's difficult. You It's yeah. difficult.
0: It's so true. And you hit a really great point. Like sex workers are also appropriated, like sex work culture is appropriated all the time in mainstream culture it's like if a sex worker does it it's trashy it's bad but now who has long ass acrylics now who has you know extensions now who has you know different kind of like thigh high boots you know like all of even the of
1: it all trans girls the the, the tits the eyes the lips like also of course black women but it's just so much of, of of celebrities exactly what you're saying are profiting and not in you know, not even to get to Bella Thorne and OnlyFans, but it's just like, oh, this is a cool edgy thing that I do. Fuck you, pay me. But you're not fucking, like, it's just, I think that the perception of of sex work is is so, it's been so demonized and now at the same time it's being fetishized and glamorized while still no attention is being paid to, to, to sex work at all. The found the oldest profession. Yeah. And it's exhausting to see people do the loop of like, oh, this is wrong, this is right, this is wrong, this is right. And to never actually get to the center which is, it doesn't matter. Labor isn't right at the end of the day, but if you're going to function under labor, then that's, that's a way as well. It's exhausting. Yeah. Um, but I'm sorry, I kept getting back to the, um, I get so fucking needed back to the, um, survival guide. So in terms of, um, of resources, which for you, a resource was, um, do, the, I almost said do- the dom cat. Cat. Okay, cat. Yeah. cat, um, that, that she, they were a resource to you. Um, so what were the resources within the, the, the guide?
0: Yes. So a lot of it actually was because of the work I was doing, um, with the BIPOC collective and cinnamon love Jetset Jasmine King Noir. Um, and, uh, and they were connected to everybody, you know, they're like the the powerhouse BIPOC, you know, like superheroes, you know, if you will, that have been like leading the charge and doing the work, you know, from the jump, you know, from really the beginning of their careers and their careers have receipts, you know? Um, And so because of me just coming in as like fangirl, you know, wanting to help, wanting to do social justice work, um, because I was, you know, going to the farm, on my mom's farm in Jersey um, about twice a month. My mom was like, can you stop protesting? Like, can you not? You know, like, I know, you know, Black Lives Matter, like, yes, uh, but (laughs) like, you know, I'm a six year old woman out here like doing farm work and I'd appreciate you not, you know, exposing yourself, and then coming to visit me to help me with farm work. Um, So I was like, granted, okay, I can take that note, and I can advocate in other ways. You know, the advocacy comes in all different shapes and forms. And so I was like, what, how else can I help the movement? How else can I, you know, be supportive? And so the BIPOC collective was that answer for me, um, and the work that they were doing. And it allowed, they trusted me um, because of my virtual events to come in and produce work for them and so i was able to then expand my network of like you know cinnamon would be like okay here email this person and they're a big name and you know getting all of these different connections to be able to produce panels and workshops and discussions for the bipoc collective uh whether that was just industry or open to the public Mm -hmm. Um, and then because of those kind of same connections i was like okay cat here's the topics that we want to talk about who do we want to have talk about these topics you know under lo- different categories of laws and legislation you know marketing and seo content creation you know community and so i pulled from who i knew from the BIPOC collective and i reached out to who jasmine and cinnamon knew and asked them you know okay we have these missing categories who do you think you know would be a good fit to talk about this? Um, Pornhub also suggested you know Asa Akira, which is like a really big name that was able to you know bring on um, to be on one of our panels to talk about uh, racism, anti racism in porn. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having these you know really amazing people that cat like cat and I solo you know would not ever would
1: be able to get into yeah. yeah you know big dogs <laughs>
0: Yes, exactly. But because we had the power of like these amazing other powerhouses, you know, we were able to get so many other people and there are even some people we were strategic about. We were like, okay, we know if these three people say yes, They'll say we ask
1: <laughs> these other three people. I love that big brain shit. I, I get it. Yeah.
0: Yeah, we really, like, literally broke it down. It took us about uh, eight months to put it together, um, but everything was very thoughtful, very cared for. You know how we curated each one, even the amount of time we asked our speakers to donate to us, even though we were going to compensate them for that time. It was still less than their hourly rate. You know, it's still less than their speaker fees. You know, so even, even within that gift that we were trying to offer them. You know, it's still, especially with like our lawyers, you know, who we know charge like $500 an hour. So we're we're getting these talk about resources, we're getting like laws and legislation support from these people that are experts in their fields that are sex worker friendly. And that you can actually utilize even after this talk. So, if you are in a situation, you know how to find help, you know. And they also gave tools of like, because this was broadcasted around the world, you know, we were very US focused. um, And that actually inspired us to realize that the next conference. We want to be a bit more open um, and talk about migration, you know, and sex work. Talk about actual trafficking in sex work and what that means and looks like, and how we can, you know, reduce that harm. Um, so those are kind of the. It was funny as we were building the first conference. There was so much information that when we realized we had to make it two days because there's no way we could fit it all into one day. And then we had even extra topics that we were like, I think we're also planning our second conference as we're doing our first.
1: <laughs> there, there's so much, there's so many conversations to be done. And I think like what you're saying, it's, it's not only, um, it's content creation, it's community outreach, it's law, it's it's housing, it's all of these different aspects that are, um some way for a sex worker to get targeted by, by, by law. I think what you're, you're saying that one of the person does taxes and, and that is such like, well, I don't, I not know how to do taxes. I'm not good at them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, we don't talk. But it's just like, even in terms of finding housing as a sex worker, all of these resources are are absolutely like scarce. I, I was writing an article for another publication communicating with all different sorts of sex workers. Like, not only some sex workers their offices their like their house is their office and having a landlord find out or seeing there's so many ways that you do need to protect yourself from these outside forces that unfortunately will want to harm you so there is there is so much it's it's what you're calling it's survival it's basic it's basic survival through taxes through housing through community outreach because that's the only way that that it, it can come through it's it's, it's very it's it's very sad, but I think seeing the 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 way that mutual aid works and has been how sex workers have made mutual aid work mutual aids work, especially before FOSS assess in terms of vetting, in terms of helping each other out. It's not a competitive greedy business mindset like every other form of labor. It's so community based because so much of it is about pleasure as well, and especially doming, is so much about giving up power and receiving power and all of the incredible things that sex can actually give you. But one of the things that I find interesting in in building this podcast and like speaking, because we're a small, you know, we're a publication in Brooklyn. But we've gone to like, I've been able to talk to so many incredible people, including yourself. And I always find it interesting, especially like the way that Instagram works, the way that the algorithms are working and who gets to have a voice right now in terms of who gets to have like a big following or packing a bigger punch that then they become automatically a resource because of their ability to disseminate information we one of the horrible examples could be like a Bella Thorne type using already existing cloud moving into sex work and saying gimme 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 but even then like within the voices of like who's allowed to have their content on and who can continue using their platform for these for like what you're talking pleasure activism it's it's very scarce so then leaving the big names to mostly like white, cis, straight people in porn. I, I had a conversation yesterday with Armando Gala, who's a really, he's a brilliant artist who paints, um, but uses Renaissance titles and, and, Bible ha- and biblical hashtags to um, have his work not deleted. He's also yeah, yeah. A, a white cis dude, but within that, and acknowledges that, but using biblical and assimilating tradition with sex work and with these very graphic genitals, there are ways around it. But outside mm-hmm. of that, I mean, especially during, during the summer with like the resurgence of Black Lives Matter in media itself, so many of my Black organizer friends got shut down immediately from one day to another platform. And that ha- continues to happen to sex work, workers, even with like Instagram that changes its, its, its policies without even letting anyone know. Outside That's- of, outside of Instagram and these social medias, including FOSTA, SESTA, shutting down Craigslist and all these forums, there's really scarcely anything left at all making these sex workers around like very, very important. It's, it's, it's bleak, but mutual aid, that's where mutual aid and, and all these active, active, passionate, caring people say, I, you said like putting someone who was in danger for something that could be rented next time. I wanna have that prevention. I wanna have that happen immediately. And a, desperation and want to be able to reach out and be able to do that. Yeah.
0: No, I love all of those points. Um and I I pretty much agree with every day these. Days. I'm like is there anything I didn't say? <laughs> no. Like no, no, no
1: check, check all the things. Yep.
0: Nope. <laughs> nodding, just nodding along going off. I,
1: it's just it's because in in this industry at least like people who care enough to have these conversations with you're listening to to the right people and if you're but like in terms of, of following organizers in that sense it it's easy to be in touch with what the community is looking for um it's 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 easy to know if you're just if you have your ears open and you're ready to change your mind about all of this because i didn't come out of the womb saying fuck yeah you know what i mean like it's just especially like beating art, beating latin american traditions and and i even in terms of queerness ideas of femininity and everything ideas of sex work because sex work is prevalent everywhere especially Latin Americans in the U.S. as well. So it's just acknowledging like our history as well in this country and and that there is so much work to be done, conversations to be had because sex work isn't going anywhere. It's not. No,
0: no. but And we have to protect and empower the sex workers themselves so that they're not being taken advantage of by pimps or other, you know, harmful things. Like there's like digital pimps now. Like there are people that say like, oh, I'll manage your, you know, your platform and... They're taking most of the cut and then OnlyFans is taking a cut or like your camping show, you know, you're doing a camp show and like, I'll moderate for you. And then they're taking, and you're walking in with nothing, mm-hmm. you know? And so you're shaking your ass. You did all the light up, you know, you did all the setup um, and you're not making the money. You're, you're taking the least amount from all the other entities. And that's still the same harm that's being done. Um, And... Uh, sorry, what were you going to say? No,
1: no, go please. <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. I uh, was just going to also mention um, you also, you know, like people uh, also have children, you know, like a lot of sex workers have children, you know, and their are children at home now, they're not in school. So if they're working from home, you know, which a lot of people do, they can't really shoot the content that they want to, you know, unless the kids are in bed and, you know, working around all of that, or if they don't even, you know, if they're living with their family even, you know, so now you're Trying to shoot around your family and your kid you know like there's a lot of different things that are in play that's like keeping them from being able to make money and uh one of the things that i absolutely loved from the conference that was shared for any sex workers that are parents if you need to defend yourself in a court of law if like you're you know the, the social services or anyone the school you know finds out that you are a sex worker and it comes out and ways to kind of like navigate that One, try to get legal help and assistance if you can from a sex worker friendly lawyer. And if if you don't know any sex worker friendly lawyers, go to queer friendly lawyers. There's a lot of law firms that, you know, advocate for queerness. And so a lot of sex worker human rights and, you know, queer rights sometimes intersect and and intersect, excuse me. And so uh, they will probably be more friendly and open to hearing and supporting you um, as a queer Law firm or law firm, they don't even have to be queer. They're a law firm that just helps and supports uh, queer rights, Uh, then they're probably going to help you uh, in wherever you're located in the world. But for the most part, the court only cares about how you're prioritizing that child. You know, are you keeping your work and your home life? separate you know are you shooting when the kid is away at their grandmother's house or like in bed you know like these are the kind of things that the courts and the schools need to make sure you know of especially if you're do you know not that no sex work is legitimate but if like you're camming or doing things that do cross that boundary into your home that you can prioritize you can show that you've always prioritized your child no matter what And your lawyer can help build that case for you, um, which is really amazing. So I love that advice. And I'm like always trying to share that with
1: everyone. That's literally perfect. And like at the end of the episode, I was gonna ask you for like essentials of of the workshop. So that's super helpful. And I'll link to that as well, Queer Friendly
0: the same for like polyamory too because polyamory is not protected by the law like so if you you know are in a polyamorous relationship and then you know that gets out you know your kids talk about it like oh mommy and daddy have play parties or you know like anything that like kind of is in the alternative relationship style category, can also fall under the same scrutiny as sex workers. Like literally, you could be a doctor and a lawyer. Well, not maybe if you're a lawyer, probably not be in this situation. But if you're, if you're like you know a CEO and you know two badass CEOs doing very vanilla work. But you happen to have a kinky, open relationship, you know, lifestyle that can still cause the same harm that if you were a sex worker. Like they will still put the wrath of God, you know, on you and demonize you in a very similar way. Or if you have a partner that now you're divorcing, and now that partner wants to use your open relationship against you in a court of law, you know, like all of these things that you don't even think about. But you have to know your rights. You have to protect yourself.
1: No, that's, that's so helpful, seriously, and, and I know that our listeners will very much appreciate that advice. Um, I have, I, this is like pretty, a pretty big question, but when we're talking about how still within sex work, within online sex work, within, again, not that any sex work is illegitimate, but legal sex work, um, there's still so much room for exploitation and, and for pimping out and for, and for taking everyone's money. When we talk about, as a community, the not only the decriminalization but the legalization of sex work, that opens up a whole realm of the government being able to exploit these bodies and this um, this this form of labor. Absolutely. And although other countries have their, their 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 you know their systems, the U.S. is like nowhere else in the fucking world, unfortunately. So it's. Moving forward, and and I always like to ask this question because we have to be, while criticizing, while acknowledging, while moving in a space that is accurate to the facts, so moving carefully, moving respectfully, moving paying homage to the people that got us here, if we think about, we still have to be creative and think about a world where things could be better and what we want as a community for, for, for this form of labor to look like. Um, what do you think legalization could look like? The legalization
0: of sex Yes. No, thank you for asking that. And that was actually one of the first conversations that was had at the Sex Worker Coalition. Um, And everyone pretty much feels we want decriminalization over legalization. And so, and that really has to do with like how you said the government in our business, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, So the decrim, and I... I'm not going to front like i know everything that there is to know about this i actually know more about decrim with cannabis
1: oh, hey. no that's i mean right, so that's perfect <laughs> yeah uh, yes. stay medicated yes.
0: um, <laughs> and- so, um, so I, from my loose understanding of it, um, and anyone out there that knows more, please feel free to <laughs> edit, comment, crit- critique. Um, is that it, it has to do with like how many rights and protections we have, also how they tax us. Mm -hmm. Um, And So balancing those kind of things, I think is why the decrim route, because if any harm comes to us, we're not going to be like penalized by the police, or even more importantly taken advantage of by the police because most harm to sex workers comes from the police, more so than people than their johns or Mm -hmm. their clients themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, and we, one of the talks was about like how to handle the police. Literally, she spent 20 minutes of her keynotes. She put, dropped lots of nuggets for anyone yeah. who wants to read it. But, majority, if I had to give you the cliff notes, yeah. it was ever fucking call the cops ever. Oh, I mean, <laughs> do I mean, not I mean. call the cops if you're a sex worker. They will not help you. They will most likely harm you unless, you know, there are those gem cops that are out there. But for the most part, do not call the cops if you're a sex worker. Um, and so because of these kind of the systemic issues that already exist, decriminalization is is mostly what, uh, for, for the US, I'll, again, let's uh, stay oh, in yeah. the that frame
1: that's that's super helpful that's super helpful um and so within decriminalization so again we're talking utopia we're talking we we get our way and somehow um um we have enough space to to be able to create this world where things are fair (laughs) or as fair as they can be and, and we can all if we want pursue this pleasure and pursue this land of work what what would that in in the best of you in the most beautiful creative way possible what what does that look like to you?
0: Yes, um, i th- I want it to look like people having more autonomy, on the sex work that they want to do, no matter what, you know, that sex work is. Like I have a lot of friends who like their avatars, are strippers. So like they literally create a sim of themselves and their sim is a stripper. So it's like, it's, you know, it's like we, we, but because of how our society demonizes, you know, or, and then that's okay for her to have that fantasy life and not want to pursue that, you know, in real life. But we need to have more I guess, shaming for those that choose that line of work, like a father hasn't failed if his daughter turns to porn or stripping, you know, like, I am so sick of these kind of like diet things of just like, oh, if you do this, then you're this kind of person. And it's like, "Mm." or if you want to transition out of sex work, and then you, you, you should be able to do that. You should still be able to not be seen as a deviant, you know, who can't teach children that can't be a nurse that can't go you know, become a doctor, like are inhibited by these other vanilla opportunities, you know, because of the, their past and what they wanted to do and chose to do at a certain time in their life. Um, and uh, one of the other things that also is even within our sex work community, we have this like, like obsession with youth, you know, like the the youngest, you know, teen, you know, Aww. yet exactly bald you know like and I am so glad when I see other people being like yes body hair you know like yes let's have like <laughs> yeah and you know look at you know people that are more diverse and like how real real and like how we look and finding pleasure even what sex is you know beyond just P and V you know like these are the the kind of conversations like not just in the sex world community but it leeches into our own lives that I think like once we let go of these things and stigmas in our own lives, Sex workers will benefit. They will, you know, have a better life because they're not demonized and seen as other, you know, and and that's it. Or people want to, sh- you know, have both. You know, you want to yeah. the ambulance driver that was outed, I think, in the New York Post that also did camming. You know, like why can't my EMT also be a, a fabulous cam girl? Why? Yeah, like what? That and, and, does not take away from her skills in resuscitating my life. You know, doing what she needs to do. Um, so, those oh. and, and, and one last point was um, there's new people that I, I've been working with, like Jetson Jasmine and King Noir, about helping create longevity and build a career for yourself if you do want to opt into sex work and make it long you know, term. So, you don't have to fit into, you know, yes, maybe you start it young, but you don't have to start it when you're young. You can start at any point in age in your life. But it's like, how do you establish yourself as a business? You know, how do you take this? Seriously, how do you create an LLC so that way when taxes come, you know, you are writing things off, those shoes that you bought, that lipstick, that makeup, yeah. that skincare, All of that is to put into your business and invest in yourself. And you should be getting a tax deduction from that. Um, Any gifts that you get, if you're a sugar baby or you're a pro dom, those gifts are taxed. You know, like these are the things that we have to be aware of because it not again, not to legitimize us, but to just do it for yourself you know, like to make yourself a business, to legitimize yourself internally. Fuck what they say you lose legitimate so that you can create, you know, what you need to be able to move forward and like make money off of content you did 10 years ago, you know, like keep making those royalties, keep making that passive income. But if you don't really do it in the right way, if you're taking advantage of, you know, it's really hard to be able to like create that you know multiple streams of income and also you know multi-level kind of um, investments in yourself
1: no I- exactly it, it's a it's where you're talking about career and if, if you want to make it your career then you have you're supposed to ha- be able to pursue that because that's the whole point of um, that's the whole point of labor at the end of the day i mean that side self-sustenance and I, and I' speaking to so many like porn makers like Stoya and even um, Cindy Gallup make love not porn which are different new new platforms for for how sex work could function more as film in terms of royalties in terms of credits in terms of all of that because it's what we're talking about the lack of conversation and the constant suppression of these talks is where all of this damage and danger um, go, go happens and if you it, it has so much to do with sexual assault it has so much to do with power and the biggest fear of of these of these people who spend their time suppressing any type of sexuality, any type of pleasure, it's sexual agency is their biggest fear. And the best thing that we can do, the best thing of, of my life has been finding that sexual agency in despite, despite what I've been taught. And that goes like, it goes, it's even an example of going from like, oh, value, um, low value as a woman, but no, I'm, I have high value as a woman, but then I have no value as a woman. I'm just a person. And that is more valuable than all of it. It's just. Going through those levels of, of further conversation, further resources that like I'm lucky enough to get because I live in Brooklyn right now, but my country in terms of my language and all that, there's that's not accessible. So it's just furthering, making these survival guides, whatever information we're lucky, we're blessed enough to receive, whatever conversation I'm blessed enough to have with you, it's extending that hand from what I've learned. So that's thank you so much for doing this today with me this has been so great and i look forward to having you on again for sure oh my pleasure thank you thank you bye well i hope you enjoyed that episode as much as i did this conversation was very informative and cathartic for me and i hope that extended to you as well tiana is such a brilliant person and i hope that you follow her tip her and keep in touch for further work that she puts out because she has been a great resource for me and I'm sure she will be one for you as well. I definitely expect to hear from her in the future as we further discuss polygamy and monogamy and for and further episodes and I hope you enjoy the sun if you have it today and tune in next week for our episode with Germanica to talk about trauma. So thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you later.